for my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 362 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Woolwin. Man. Whew. What's up, buddy? What's up with you, buddy? <laughs> What's up with you, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, know. you know. Uh, nothing. Just in the swing of another week. I hear ya. Kid kid's got sinus drainage and he got sick in the middle of the night last night i know i felt so poor i felt so bad for my dude i know i could tell he was not feeling well yeah got him back to sleep and then olivia woke up at like 4 a.m crying so i tried to bring her to bed in my bed and that did not work out it was like having a little alligator just flip-flopping you know doing somersaults side rolls And then I, I had to put her back down in her bed and lay on the floor for a little while. And then uh, by that time it was like 5 a.m. And I'm like, oh, I got like I got like an hour and a half to sleep before I got to get up and start getting him ready to school. So Buddy, it's I'm just it was a tough night, you know, and it wasn't terrible. I've had way worse nights with children. But like, you know, it's yeah, just it, 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 it certainly wasn't restful. Yeah. For anybody, unfortunately. Well, buddy, if you need to skip out of after recording Fortnite, no, no, old no, guy no. Fortnite night, you know your boy understand. You know me. I'm I'm well caffeinated and ready to um okay. ready to do the thing tonight. So you know, last week I was talking about how I had these grand evil plans to exact revenge on Luke Cruiser and Fortnite. Right. We played with him, and he he never went down to where I could execute that plan. I was like, fuck off ninja. He was in there playing. Yeah, he was good. Like John J Rambo. And then we got to play with Sal, which was delightful. It was a blast from the Uh, rebels. I can't wait to play with him again. I know. Right. I can't wait. It was just getting late on our end of the map. And, uh, and then it was like, you had some technical difficulties. I had to resolve some difficulties. difficulties. Yeah. So hopefully it goes a little smoother next time. And then, yeah, because it was really good to play with those guys. And then, like, it was real funny to me because Sal was there with, I think, 
Lizzie and Zoe from Star Wars Geek Girl. I'm not sure. Lizzie is his daughter. Zoe is um, uh, the other person who hosts the podcast with Lizzie. And oh, they nice. Were, they were coaching Sal. You missed some of this because this is when you were having headset issues. So, like, you know, the when we played with Sal, it was his very first game of Fortnite ever. And so you could hear Lizzie in the background coach, and he's like, what do I do? And she's like, Dad, you need to take your pickaxe and start gathering materials. And I said, hold up. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. We don't build. <laughs> I was like, I had to get across that this is old dude Fortnite night. We don't build. Mm -hmm. There is no gathering materials. Will, how many things have you built in Fortnite? I uh, one time in the the pre the preview setup the the waiting game lobby I built a wall just to figure out how to do that. Yeah, but I mean in an actual game, how many? Oh, never. Zero. Never built in an actual Zero. Game. Address the allegations. Zero times. I how only many. bring down towers. I don't build them. That's right. We don't build. We crush children's dreams in Fortnite. <laughs> That's what we do. Old man Fortnite night is about reclaiming some fucking goddamn dignity for our old asses. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck bussin' bussin' means, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you what's up in Fortnite while you're trying to build some kind of structure. Oh, good luck with that, kid. And I'm going to be Batman, mm -hmm. built and dancing like he's your dad. Yep. So, uh, check out blueharvest.rocks. That's our website. You can find links to all our social media, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch. You can find a link to our Patreon page, where if you sign up, you get access to our exclusive feed where we post all our bonus episodes. I'm, I've got a, uh, uh, a Hall's Calls, uh, or not a Hall's Calls, a, oh no, it's Hall's Solo. I got another one of those in the oven, percolating. That was, those two things don't make, those don't go together. So I've got another one of those in the works. Um, well, coffee and baked goods go together well. There we go. Will Cooking has, with Shove Will, still coming up. Sorry. Yep, still coming up. Talked to Steele uh, today briefly and uh, put together some, you know, some some plans to get another Star Wars Year by podcast out soon. So the content is coming over there at patreon.com slash blueharvestpodcast. I'll cool. tell you this. I got a sick-ass new electric kettle. And I love making coffee with my French press and my electric kettle because that water comes out so hot. And then that cha, cup, cha, cha, cup cha, of coffee cha. is – its there's something special with a French press. Uh, it, I don't know. It's just delicious. You just feel fancy pushing that thing down. I'll tell you right it now. It does. I ain't be having I, – I, I don't know if you know this about me, Will. don't like hot mm -hmm. drinks that much. Some of yes. Them. I do know that. I don't really like hot drinks that much. I like the occasional tea. Sometimes if I get a coffee, I'll get it hot, but it's one of those like basic white girl coffees. That's all. Mm. It's like a, you know, it's all, it's like, it's the kind of coffee that makes you fat and yeah. it hurts my stomach. So me and coffee is a love hate relationship. I'm a fan of hot coffee and hot tea. Right, I like the hot drinks. It's because you're refined and adult and an adult. I don't fucking, think that's what that means. Not a fucking 39-year-old man-child. You but, know, my grandmother used to tell me that if you drink a hot cup of coffee you know, on a really hot day, it helps you cool off. And, um, you know, I used that trick. I used that trick when I was a chef. I'd drink a hot-ass cup of coffee and go back on that line. And you, uh, something about it like raises your internal body temperature to where you feel cooler. Huh. It doesn't really make you cooler. It just makes it feel cooler. I wonder. 
because I'd be I'm a sweaty individual, my dude. I'm yeah. sweating. Man, I uh, <clears throat> I'm pretty stoked. My uh, actually our mine and yours spell jammer sets came in today. Oh, oh man, they're cool. I had to crack into mine. You know, spell jammer oh. is my favorite D and D settings. And mm-hmm. since they, I've been excited since they announced that they were bringing it back for fourth edition. I don't own a single other fourth edition book, but I own the spell jammer set. That's how much. I oh like my spell goodness. It's pretty fun. And for anyone that doesn't know spell jammer setting is like set in outer space, yeah, but in a like, fantasy setting outer mm-hmm. space. Imagine if you will flying uh, a pirate ship, like a wooden Spanish galleon through space you know via magic you know like that's just kick ass fighting space orcs and shit Mm -hmm. it's like um it's sci-fi fantasy it's the D &D version of sci-fi fantasy and it's real that's right it was a big thing back during second uh edition and like or advanced dungeons and dragons right where i Mm -hmm. which is what i kind of grew up seeing and and kind of playing at the comic store when i grew up so i have a lot of fondness for it and then like those books, those second edition books are real expensive on the secondary market. Right. Um, so I'm glad they brought it back and it seems pretty cool. Pretty that stoked on awesome. that. Man. Oh, I got to show you something else. I'm going to have to turn my camera on for this. Your boy had a bit of a self care day on his day off. I had some, some stuff. I'm to so do glad this to hear that. I'm so glad to hear that. I just went dicking around, bro. So I, I, uh, you gotta see this. I found this at the Target. Can you see me? I do. I see you. Oh, you look handsome. Boy, you looking good. Thanks, buddy. Damn. Mm. Look at this. Do you look see this? Millennium Falcon Squadron. Yeah. yeah. So, do you remember? I can't remember what they were called. I don't think they were called Mission Fleet. I think that's something that they do now. Why can't I remember it? They, but they, it was the line that Hasbro did. You know, Ooh, sort it's of. got the little minifigures, too. Yes. Yeah. Like, remember they did the scale vehicles that you could put the little pilots and shit in? They were like. Right. Okay. So, this is not the same line. This is like its um, successor. I think the company Jazzwares makes these. But, dude, I've been looking for these. I've been looking for these because I liked those back in the day, but it was when I was broken in college and couldn't buy Star Wars toys. <laughs> so, I always saw them in yeah. the store and was like, oh, those are cool. And then they're one of those things that's really expensive on the secondary market as well. Yeah. Not really, but more than I'm willing to pay. So now that they've brought this new version out, I've found the X-Wing. I found the TIE Fighter. I found the Millennium Falcon. Um, uh, 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 Boba Fett ship. I'm just missing the Razor Crest. That's, that's the one I'm hunting now. Oh, nice. I love vehicles, man. I love vehicles. you know, sometimes Star Wars hits it out of the park with a vehicle, you know, and I know classically, obviously, the Millennium Falcon. There's just something about that, that damn ship. Uh, but now, all of a sudden, the Razor Crest, like, it's a good the one. Razor Crest was sick as hell. Like, I know it's dead now, dead and gone, but like, that was a sick ship. And the fact that it had like a personal the carbon uh, freezing chamber that they only use once. Chamber. Right, right. Like that alone just seems so badass purpose built for a bounty hunting machine. It was awesome. I I do wonder if his new ship will, because I think his new ship's pretty fucking cool. 
I like it. You know, I, I'm not opposed to it because I really do. I mean, it's fast. It's a starfighter. It's got a seat for Grogu. Like, I love that. I wonder if it'll end up catching on because, you know, it's weird. And this is one of those stupid fucking things I always talk about with the sequel trilogy. You know, like I'm someone who as a whole enjoy the sequel trilogy. I like watching those movies. I like those characters. Is Mm -hmm. it perfect? No, but I didn't need perfect. I needed it to be good enough for me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, not a lot of new vehicles because they reused TIE fighters and X-wings, right? And, like, there wasn't, like, a new hero ship a la the Millennium Falcon. Right. Um, and then the new vehicles that they did introduce, like, I feel like some of those kind of fell flat. Like... Maybe this yeah, is just my speeder, personal bias. You like, know, that random yeah. speeder, like, that was no, weird. I, I tell you this. I, I For me personally, Ray's speeder from Jakku, that one landed for me. I like that. No, design. not that one. I'm talking about the Imperial one from the base, Starkiller base. Oh, they have this, like, yeah. flatbed speeder. Yep. Like, yep. that, no. Like, that, just no. And, like, I don't feel like the First Order Star Destroyers hit super well i don't know know what maybe this is my personal bias kylo ren shuttle that one was kick-ass i really like kylo ren shuttle i I like the design of that i think his shuttle is good i think the tie silencer Uh from uh is it last it's just last jedi that he uses that right i think so personal tie fighter is that what he does when he attacks his mom's ship yeah that ship like that version of the tie i think is pretty sick i like that one yeah. But like, uh, like I and, and in the same way, like I think the first order stormtroopers, like the the just your standard stormtroopers, I think they're pretty cool. But some right. of the variants, like they ne- they didn't come close. And once again, my opinion to reaching anything as cool as a design as like a snow trooper or a definitely not a scout trooper or even any of the clone armor. Personally. Like I don't, right. I don't really like the uh, the flamethrower troopers. I don't really like the first order version of the snow trooper. But this is all, you know, like these. Are I know all it gets a lot of hate, but I kind of like the bomber. I like the bomber in the Last Jedi. Oh, um, I think that ship is sick. I think the bomber and the uh, those fucking skimmers or whatever they call them from the end on crate. I like those too, even though you didn't. Those are cool. See Doom do a whole yeah there are you know now that you bring up more there are more that i that hit than i thought i think i'm was mainly just thinking about how like the first order besides i i think fucking snoke ship the flagship that gets cut in half Uh by uh holdo i think that one's pretty sick yeah um but just like the regular first order star destroyers don't really do it for me Bro, I, I like the stop. sideways couch ship. Star Wars toy. What were you saying? That sideways couch ship. The sideways couch ship. Um, that like kind of Leia and the rebels kind of use. Oh yeah, about? like the one she she drops down on Taco Donna in when mm-hmm, and the whole side just kind of opens mm-hmm. up. Like oh yeah, that one's kind of neat. I think then the the ship that they steal from Canto Bite is cool. Yes. It is. Speaking of which, apparently, well, not apparently, it did happen. I heard it. I seen it. 
Cantobite, the Cantobite dispatch was saying I need to open a theme park with uh, Ian the, the Lucky Armadillo as a um, mascot. And like, <clears throat> they had some good ideas. Like they said it could be like one of those drive through safaris, but it wouldn't have rides because you don't want them to mix. Mm -hmm. I say, no, we find a way. It, maybe it's just got to be a giant. It's like, you know, when you go to Six Flags and part of it's the the roller coasters and shit and the other parts, the the water park that I never set a step foot in or wheel in because like what, why, who needs to see me at a water park, right? Like, <laughs> Dude, I, you even have fun at a water park. Like if I ever. Yes, wave pool. Yeah. If I ever won the lottery, I would buy like buy every ticket to a water park for the day. So it's just me. You know what I mean? I, I even tell mm -hmm. like the lifeguards, like, guys, I got it. You get to get out of here. And next thing you know, I'm fucking floating face down in the wave pool like a turd in a punch bowl or some shit. <laughs> Don't even get Jeez, to the slides. That should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, nobody needs to see me at a water park. So I never go. But you know how they have those split theme parks like that? That's what it'd be. Yeah. One side would be, you know, the drive through safari, but there would be some wild shit in there. It might be borderline illegal the kind of animals that you you know i allow in my drive through safari and then the other one bro it would be weird like <laughs> my version of disney would be weird you'd be like man why is there a blood sport stunt show every day at two o'clock <laughs> that would be cool i miss the indiana jones stunt show that thing was sick I don't know that I, I ever got to see to it. it. I thought the Indiana Jones uh, ride at Disneyland when we went was pretty sick, but it was also like only half working. Like some of the animatronics were, you know, having a bit of a Westworld moment when we were in there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there was a little Indiana Jones chunk in the great movie ride at the Man's Chinese Theater before it became Mickey's Runaway Railroad. Look at this. You know all about. See, I don't know any of this stuff because I've, I've only been to Disney twice. I've only been to Disney World once when I was very young, like five, mm. and then Disneyland that time we went. Um, and, and there's a whole ass Star Wars land there, and I haven't been. That doesn't mm -hmm. bother me one bit. It doesn't bother <laughs> me one bit. Zero that, percent that bothers it does, me. It doesn't bother me one bit. I'm being one hundred percent truthful here. It doesn't bother me one bit that there's two locations in these united states of ours uh, that are essentially little star wars worlds i can go live in for an afternoon and buy expensive concessions and fucking you can buy a reservation at this really kick-ass star wars bar and have like yeah. space drinks yeah i and know shit. bro I, I i'm an ordinary adventures fan shout out peter and kitra i know what goes down there right i i'm mm -hmm. aware it's not like i, I i'm unspoiled <laughs> They have these little pets that you can put on yeah. your shoulder that you can remote control. <laughs> yeah, or like I know. Wave you or it's fucking you. rad. And I mm -hmm. haven't been yet. It's fucking, <laughs> it doesn't bother me one bit. It does not bother me one motherfucking bit. You know? Not one mm -hmm. bit. But yeah. there's literal Star Wars worlds that mm -hmm. I could go visit and be like, hey, hey, I live, look, I'm sitting next to the Millennium Falcon and a picture of me in front of the Millennium Falcon gets taken and i'm like wow i look dumb i'm never gonna delete because i hate every picture i'm in 
You just could be chilling there and Kylo Ren and the stormtroopers walk through and tell you how dumb you look. Bro, if that happened, if they broke character, if he's go- going around like, I'm looking for the woman Ray or whatever the shit he says, right? Mm-hmm. And then he looks at me and you hear like it, do- it doesn't even have like the Adam Driver-esque voice and he just breaks character and goes, man, you look dumb. <laughs> Bro, today in the news, uh, damn near 40-year-old man in a wheelchair murders uh, Kylo Ren actor at the happiest place on earth. And I'm it's on like funny. live leak and shit. Drinking blue milk this while you're would, talking about it. Are you kidding? After this year, if I finally got to go to Galaxy's Edge and get roasted by a fucking theater kid <laughs> dressed up as Kylo Ren, that would be my breaking point, bro. <laughs> it would become Woodstock 99 up in there. Oh my goodness. That's a good documentary on Netflix, by the way. I'm a couple episodes in. I, uh, I don't know if I've ever told this story on the podcast. So, you know, I'm, I am unashamedly perhaps the biggest new metal fan in the Star Wars podcasting community. It's a bit of a meme that I'm known to have perhaps questionable music taste. I stand by Tool and Coheed and Cambria 100%. Ain't nobody going to shame my game as far as they go. Some mm-hmm. of the other stuff that I am into or perhaps have been into throughout my life there are memes to be had, to say the least. And I mean, the summer, for me, it boils down to you like what you like. You know, in the like, summer of 1999, Woodstock 99 was, to me, what Woodstock, the original Woodstock was in 1969 to the hippie generation. I had to go, bro. You know what I'm saying? I was like, are you kidding me? Corn, Metallica, Limp Biscuit, Seven Dust, whatever, you know, all the everything I listened to at the time, Rage Against the Machine, they were all there. Right. I had to go. I was a sophomore about to become a junior in high school. So I was 16, right? Mm-hmm. Not driving yet, by the way. No car. And I tried to convince my parents Barbara and Richard Burkhart shout out Barbara everybody's favorite person on the podcast now people love she's my favorite person on the podcast Bro, I'm sitting right here <laughs> like I love my mom but bro I'm supposed to be your best friend I mean I get it. I mean I get it I don't begrudge it like my mom said we don't need any motivators like that around here <laughs> not here you want to talk Not about here. a future piece of Blue Harvest merch? Watch out now. Um, anyway, uh, so I tried to convince my mom, Barbara Burkhart, and my dad, Richard Burkhart, to let me take a bus trip to Woodstock 99 by myself. I was going to pay for the whole thing. I had my first job that summer. I was like, I'll buy the tickets. I'll buy the bus ticket. I'm not asking you guys for money. I'm just letting, I'm just asking you, right, to allow me to go on a bus trip from Columbus, Mississippi to upstate New York or wherever the fuck, Rome, New York, to go to Woodstock 99 by myself. <clears throat> I knew it was a long shot. Yeah. I had to take it, bro. Because I mean, I'm impressed. Because my parents are reasonable people, they, of course, were like, no, you are not doing that. And I 
buddy, you would have thought I was arguing for my own life how hard I argued <laughs> about why they should let me go. And I was like, it's a, it's the event right. of a lifetime. Almost every single band I like is playing there. Like, I have to go. I'll be okay. I'll be safe. Now, let's zoom out a little and examine what I was proposing. I was proposing that I, 16 years old, yeah, in a time before I had a cell phone, would take a multi-day bus trip to New York to go to Woodstock, where I guess I was planning to camp out by myself. Right, you were gonna hitchhike there and then like no camp, no like because you know people camped on ground. Right, I wasn't gonna hitchhike. I was gonna take a bus trip. Right, but like. From the bus station to they had shuttle services. Woodstock. There was oh, okay. I did have that much down, right? There were shuttle services. Right. And then let's also keep in mind I'm disabled. And at this time I was being hard headed about using a wheelchair and would only walk on my crutches, my forearm crutches. So now imagine this a sixteen year old Halls Burkhart, fat and sweaty, out of shape, bad goatee, corn shirt, forearm crutches. In the Woodstock 99 crowd. I wouldn't be sitting right here talking to you. I would be part of that documentary. <laughs> there would be kids that I went to high school with. It would be the about. Richard Burkhart Memorial <laughs> section of yeah. that, that documentary. There, there would be kids I went to high school with talking about. He was weird. He was a weird guy. He loved weird music. Um, I'm pretty sure he had some kind of deal with Satan. Omni, I, I don't know. Like, uh, but you know what? Nobody deserves to go out like that. Man. Yeah, like, but despite all that, I don't think he deserved to get trampled by a, a crowd of naked people all hopped up on ecstasy during a corn concert at Woodstock, pushing a van into a rave. Somebody... <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. And then, like, Jonathan Davis from Corn uh, would be on there being like, you know, we never want to hear about a friend of ours dying or a fan of ours dying. But, like, at the same time, it was a really special moment for us. There was 100,000 people. Yeah. Whew. I mean, because it is, you know, I mean, you don't want to kill anybody, but, like, you have the largest gathering of people in modern history, you know, recent modern history. You want to give the best show you can give. I'm telling you, if people could unmemify it for just five seconds and view it objectively, I know this. I I said this one night to you and Steve on the Xbox headset, and uh, I was met with silence. They like my dudes both reacted like, "Ooh, maybe keep that to yourself." But I think. Korn's performance from Woodstock 99 is one of the best live performances by any band ever. Okay. I, I legitimately think that. I don't think Woodstock 99 was a, uh, uh, a good idea. Obviously, it was a disaster. But <laughs> you notice it didn't start, like, they didn't kick it off. They just came out and kicked ass. Like, And when right. you see that huge crowd reacting to the first song, and how fucking jazzed up everybody is. It's incredible. I'm telling you, Will, it's incredible. It wasn't until old fucking doo-doo feces Fred Durst came out and was like, let's break stuff, and Kid <laughs> Rock was... like it, it. I think they... Uh, 
you know, we all change. So what's going on in Star Wars this week? Um, yeah, right. <laughs> there's been some... Um, uh, some more Andor promotion. I'm really... I, I, gotta, I might need to pause for a second because I am just now feeling very self-conscious and thinking about editing out the end of that Woodstock bit. This is this, this part. Well, I'm legitimately talking to you, like not okay. Like I th think I might edit that out. That makes me sound that's kind fine. of silly. So we're gonna cut him right now. <clears throat> There's a new Andor clip that's pretty fucking cool. Um, yeah, and it is. It's not necessarily like I don't know the most action heavy clip, but it is two dudes acting against one another, fucking just killing it, dude. It's really. Have you seen this, Will? No, I have not. Let's watch it. Let's watch it and let's change the subject. So which is it? I know Big Sass are game. I know you bribe quartermasters to leave valuables on the ships before they come in for scrap, but this isn't that. This isn't something that let pass. No. I went in and got this myself. How? How's that possible? It was it was sealed on the Imperial Naval Base in Steergard. Look. You got the money, I got the box. What else is there to talk about? I'll give you another thousand credits to tell me how you got it. <laughs> another thousand. Done. How? You just walk in like you belong. Takes more than that, doesn't it? What? To steal from the Empire? What do you need? A uniform, some dirty hands, and an Imperial toolkit? They're so proud of themselves. They don't even care. They're so fat and satisfied. They can't imagine it. Can't imagine what? That someone like me would ever get inside their house, walk their floors, spit in their food, take their gear. Pretty good, right? Hot damn. Man, okay, let me... What's this guy's name? Not Diego uh, Luna. Skarsgård. Has that man ever drank a bottle of water in his life? What is <laughs> clear your throat, my dude. Jeez. Just hearing him makes me thirsty. It's also not fucking fair that our dude's as handsome as Diego Luniverse Diego Luno in that in this universe. That motherfucker is handsome. It's yeah. not fair. Like his hair and his beard, like can I just get a little bit of that? I don't need the full Diego Luna, but can I just get a little? You know what I'm talking about? He's got one of those facial structures that's gonna look young forever, right? Like he's yeah, gonna like, look like he's got young. good hair. His beard is on mm -hmm. point. Like I know, <clears throat> you know, there's some, there's some, um, you know, Hollywood hair and magic, hair and makeup magic going on. Where like you know they help him with that, but like you gotta have some. You got to have a good foundation, right? I ain't sitting in that mm -hmm. makeup chair and coming out looking like Diego Luna. Like, unless I get a face, unless there's a face-off situation. And how is Diego <laughs> Luna's face going to fit on this giant fucking Funko Pop head? It ain't. So I just need to fucking get comfortable with myself. My giant fucking dome. My weird-ass beard. Look at this, man. That shit ain't fair. No wonder they gave this motherfucker 24 episodes. So speaking of episodes, pretty boy Star Wars. Yeah, but look, it 
that all doesn't matter if like he can't pull it off, right? And like the dude's also a really well, the good. The fact that he's a world class actor. Yeah, that, like you it's, know, that's why it makes it even like if he looked like that and you know worked a normal job, I'd be like, okay, you know. But the fact that he's also really good at acting, he gets to be in Star Wars and shit. Like it's just. Mm-hmm. <sighs> man well, I'll tell you man what. crush Diego Luna man crush sure why not whatever He's, I like I like people at Star Wars I wish I had that beard that hair hey man you could do way worse <laughs> you could do way worse yeah yeah it could be some goblin knob melted droopy dog looking motherfucker you know what I mean I'm talking, talking yeah. about I think he's handsome mm-hmm um things are going real well until we started talking about Woodstock 99 and then I started having flashbacks I did buy the pay-per-view I I bought the pay-per-view and I sold bootlegs of it on eBay for extra money are you serious? yeah I had a little home business man you're so savvy at your age where I would dub like people because I just taped all three days of the pay-per-view and I would make eBay listings that was like you know this many bands on one VHS and they had the list Mm -hmm. of all the bands and then people would be like, hey, can I get one that's got like uh, red hot chili peppers and, you know, whatever, whoever else. And I was like, you got it, bro. VHS in one uh, VCR, make a quick dub, top, pop that off in the mail. I had a little bootleg. That was a little bootleg business going on. Damn, dude. That's sick. So uh, I used to pay a guy to make me CDs, burn me CDs. Bro, he made you pay? Yeah. You guys weren't friends. This was just a dude you knew, right? Oh, yeah, definitely not. Yeah, because, like, if we were friends in that era, you would have, I would have just given you CDs. It would have just been nothing you ever wanted to listen to. Yeah. You'd be like, who the fuck is Il Nino and why am I listening? I'm pretty sure this is new metal with bongos. <laughs> um, uh, so, Tony Gilroy, old homie Tony Gilroy. Um, says he won't be directing in season two of Andor, and that is by design. He said, "Okay, it's going to be that it's because they're bringing Gareth Reynolds back, and they're going to let him film all twelve episodes of season two, and then right as he says cut on the last episode, the last scene of the last episode, he's having to fill Disney Disney snipers are going to come in." covering Tony Gilroy while he comes and takes the reins back at the last second. Oh my goodness. And then Ashton Kutcher's gonna jump out from behind a curtain with a funny saying on a fucking trucker cap and be like, you just got punked. Oh my goodness. I feel like I'm being taken back in time. Yeah. Shit's been getting real weird on recording these last two days. Steve and I recorded a high potion yesterday that just i don't remember much of it it's like a fever dream i feel like my eyes rolled it back into my head and i went (laughs) into a bit coma and what's weird is like we recorded that yesterday but it's not coming out until after this so i'm talking about an episode people haven't even heard yet we're breaking the space-time continuum at the moment (sighs) i'm taking saturday off saturday's my first day off in almost 100 days like I've been working seven days a week since May, and uh, 
I need it. I need That's it. an entire summer, my man. Yep. Yep. I'm finally able to take my off days man. on my new <clears throat> at my new job, so I'm taking one on Saturday, and I am very excited about it. Let me tell you what. You deserve it. Yeah, man. Enjoy um, yourself. I plan on it. More self-care. Um, so there's also, they announced, okay, so, <clears throat> you know, for Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett, we got the Disney Gallery presents blah 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 like the making of well they announced uh the version of that for obi-wan kenobi and it's called obi-wan kenobi a jedi's return like uh uh-uh nah you better change that title to disney (laughs) gallery presents obi-wan a jedi's return or whatever the fuck you uh uh-uh you're not changing you respect the bit you know what i mean you chose that bed. You chose that awful title for your behind-the-scenes documentary. You motherfuckers better lay in that bed. Let's watch the trailer for this. So I'll shut up for a little bit. Gallery bed. I remember clearly the first time I saw Star Wars. Hello there. It's a surreal world to be a part of. Coming back to it after all these years was very meaningful to me. My first day on set, I shouted, Obi-Wan! I saw a hand go up. I feel hugely fortunate to be able to do this, but also a big responsibility to trying to do it right. Obi-Wan Kenobi is an iconic character. I don't think I'd imagine the scale of the series. It blew my mind. So many people have such an emotional relationship to the Star Wars galaxy. It's in everybody's life. See that? That was pretty good. That's a pretty good oh trailer. I haven't watched that trailer until now. I was saving it. That's that's pretty. It's gonna good. move me emotionally yeah. when I watch that shit with Hayden Christensen. Uh, uh, Obi One as a series already fucked with me pretty bad. I mean, it was a combination of things and being super all over the place when that show mm-hmm. came out. But damn, that was, I can tell that one's gonna get to me too. Woo. Can you imagine? Did you see them? I assume that was the volume where they were watching Star Wars, yeah. like kind of in the. You got to rub like, it in our face like that, Deborah Chow. Can, oh, it's like now you planted in my mind. Of course, the entire staff gathers for Star Wars viewing night in the fucking volume. I'm sure you guys watch that shit in there. Well, I'm sure it's wonderful and amazing. So, shortly, I can't remember if it was shortly after he was in the trailer for Mandalorian or if it was after um he was uh maybe his episode had already aired I can't remember but Bill Burr was on one of my favorite podcasts the H3 podcast Mm -hmm. and in in that episode he talked about how um when he was filming his episode in season one they came in and showed everybody the trailer for the Mandalorian on the volume. And I was like, shit, that's cool. 
That is cool. It's fucking cool, man. <clears throat> yeah, that's that's pretty sick. You know, next thing you know, and like you know how like that kind of technology hits and then trickles down over time. Like eventually, mm-hmm. probably like when I'm dead and gone, but you'll be able to go to a Dave and Buster's and fucking watch uh, uh, Star Wars on the volume. I don't know, man. I thought I thought the fucking Obi One was gonna pull me out of the nosedive I've been in. It did for a second, but phew, there we go. I don't think you're reading it the same way I am. I'm I, having a good time. I think it's because talking about Star Wars. I think it's because I literally woke up this morning and I said to myself, "I know I recorded a high potion with Steve last night, and I know it was weird, but I don't remember a single moment of it. I went in fucking torqued." Whew. I gotta Dude. calm down. I gotta get my shit together. I gotta, I gotta do something, buddy. Rain it in. Rain it in. Rain it in. Talking about searching for mini Star Wars vehicles at Target and shit. It's fun. <sighs> I mean, it, honestly, I hadn't gone in the toy section a bunch, but now that I have kids. I, I obviously find myself in the toy section Man. way more and often. So, and it is still fun to see what's out there, to see I what's going on. I gotta tell you, like, so you know, the you know the Walmart that's closest to my house, the one we went and did Force Friday at for um, The Force Awakens? The one where we were sneaking around? Yeah. Yeah, where I yeah. I snuck in and grabbed all the, the toys I want before they were supposed to let people take them, and then we just... Hid in the camping Hid. section for two hours yeah. until midnight yeah. when we could <laughs> check out. Yeah, that's yeah. the very same Walmart. You know, that since it's so close, that's like the, the big retail store that I probably go to the most. And that's not even often. It's like once every couple of weeks. And uh, so that's the only toy section that I really get to interact with. And, buddy, it looks like downtown Jetta after the Death Star does its test blast on mm. in rogue one like it is Bear. decimated like they're there the shelves are empty there's weird shit i didn't even know existed on the shelves like mm-hmm. I'm like what are these but then like you go to target and the toy section is way better this it's is incredible better it's really is incredible I always go and look in the Lego section. Like I'm going to buy a Lego set, build a Lego set and then display a Lego set somewhere in my house. Mm -hmm. Like when am I ever going to do that? Will? I don't know, but I will tell you when am I going to do that? A beautiful, rare joy in building a Lego set. When you stop yourself and you slow down to build Legos, it's It's, fun. It is. But when do I have the time to do that? Where do I put? And I don't know. Where do I put a Lego set? Thing, right? Got to make time for it. Where do I put it after I build a Lego set? True. I mean, very true. I understand. I understand the dilemma. I'm just telling you, building Legos is very fun and very zen. Amanda and Goose got me that giant uh, Slave One Lego set, like the Ultimate Collectors. It mm-hmm. was a it was a beast to put together. It took oh eight hours plus, and I did it all in one day because that's kind of oh, dude. Oh my goodness! It took all day to put together. It's amazing. It sits on a shelf, and every time I see it, I just see disaster in my brain. Like I see it, and I go, "Wow, it's really held together this long." But I know it's on the fucking needle's edge 
of disaster striking. That thing's in a million pieces. And then what do I do then? Do I put it back together? No. <laughs> no. I don't even have the instructions anymore. Yeah. And all that stuff's online. Oh, I guess that's a good point. Um, Whew, let's... Uh, I remember when we built the large clone carrier, mm-hmm. I think it was, the prequel area ah, carrier. That's a sick one. That was cool. I've that still got fun. that. That was way back in the day. Mm-hmm. We did take a break in the middle of it for a long period of time. Okay, yeah, because it was not a small set either. It's not quite the size of that 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 Slave One set, but it's not a small set. Mm-hmm. Let's play the song and hear from our friends. See if they can. Uh, I I I need our voicemail and email friends to back me up like the fucking Jedi of the past at the end of Rise of Skywalker, because my ass oh my is God. laying on the ground going, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. And they're like, podcast, just po- just play the song and play some voicemails. Get out of here. Know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to run. Kia G. Kia G. Kia D. Cockhead. The only Jedi master who can crash box. Kia D. Cockhead. Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead. He's a big Surian stud. He loves to split chicks with his butt. Kitty Cockhead to stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kitty Cockhead, what you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge, but he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead, Luherb Cockhead, Harzberger Cockhead. Hey, if you want to send us a voicemail or an email, blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. That's the easiest that's way. Old. That's old school. Yeah, I like we got three that we can rotate now. Like, you mm-hmm. never know what's going to happen unless you're like, oh, Halls is a creature of habit. So it's going to be Steve D. It's going to be Sean. It's going to be, you know what I mean? Like, if you. Anyway, here's one from King Tom. Hey there, Haws and Will. I didn't realize it was a few weeks since I messaged you, so I apologize for that. I do have a question this week. Unlike the last few weeks where I just had a ton going on, I couldn't think of anything to ask. Um, but I have to admit, I'm going to come clean and just say it, I'm, I, I'm stealing this question. This question is not mine originally. Um, I saw Wikipedia posted this on their, their Twitter account um, the other day, and I thought it was a good question. I know we've kind of talked about similar stuff, but... I'm just interested in what you guys uh, have to say about this. But the question was, what is your favorite random or or obscure piece of of Star Wars trivia? And yeah, you know, you don't have to know all the trivia and every little thing to be a Star Wars fan. I I don't think that's what this is about. I think it's more like about asking, okay, what little bit of, you, you know, information from either behind the scenes or from, you know, in, in the movie story, what do you like? And mine, I, I may have mentioned it before, so I'll come up with a bonus one. My, my, my favorite one is that um, in The Empire Strikes Back, in the costume he wore, the inside of Lando's cape had dragons printed on 
Um, it was like a piece of fabric that just had this dragon pattern and, you know, it became something Lando would wear. And, and I just love that that happens. Um, and even one of the toys that they, that, um, Hasbro recent release, released like the, you know, the three and three quarters inch series, it had a, you know, a, a fabric cape with dragons. And I thought that was really cool. And just in case we've already mentioned that, um, my other favorite thing also about Lando, his middle name is Balthazar, which I think is pretty cool. But anyway, what, you know, a little bit or bits, if there's more of them. Um, and, you know, because I come from a podcast that uh, excels in, in fake information at times, <laughs> please have them be somewhat true because I'm, I'm kind of sick of made up Star Wars trivia. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for the great podcast. I'll talk to you guys later. That's it. See, this is the thing, man. You're talking to a dude who's spent his life ingesting Star Wars minutia. Like, you know what I mean? So I definitely have some. Obviously, I think one of them, and it should be, like, obvious. The the fact that Return of the Jedi's um, uh, codename was Blue Harvest. Um, mm-hmm. That was clearly one of my favorite little pieces of Star Wars detail. And you know what? I should have rethought that because, uh, you know, when you search Blue Harvest on Google, the first thing that comes up is fucking Family Guy. <laughs> yeah, right. And Seth MacFarlane really, uh, really, uh, he really got he, really, he got to that finish line first. That and one. then sometimes you might get lucky and find a salty dude in the UK that reviews toys and gets mad if you're like, hey, man, don't you think it's a little fucking convenient that you also have a Patreon under the name Blue Harvest? Don't you think that could be a little confusing? Mm. Not that that's ever happened, but that kind of thing could happen. It could. Um, and then, uh, uh, shit. I mean, also the Kia D thing, the the fact that Kia D Mundy was allowed back, at least back in the old canon, to have multiple wives because uh, he needed to help keep the population of the Syrian race alive. Mm -hmm. Like that is such a weird little fucking detail. And I have a theory. So have I ever told you my weird, like, cause obviously I think about it too much. My weird Kiati Mundi theory about why they did that is because I'm pretty sure like, okay, go watch the Phantom Menace. There seems to be no mention of like Jedi not being able to hook up. Right, that's something that sort of comes along with Attack of the Clones. So when they were right. doing um, comics with uh, the Phantom Menace, like in uh, alongside and like leading into Attack of the Clones, like they were right. like, "Yeah, Kiati Mundi has a wife and kids and shit." And then fucking Uncle George is like, "Oh, get ready for some Attack of the Clones. Jedi can't do it, bruh. Ha ha. What do you think now?" Then they had to scramble, and they're like, "Uh." Pablo Hidalgo's like, I don't know, say like that's that he's doing that to help keep the the alien species around the Syrian species alive, right? Um I thought that George had said that he never said that Jedi couldn't do it, is that they couldn't form attachment. Yeah, I know. I, I mean that that's I think that's is more that, recently. Is that what he ended up on? I don't know, man. It's hard to say. You're talking about a man. Who like God bless him, 
Like, what a genius. I love the man. I think the prequels are real good. Like, I'm I'm a genuine fan of Uncle George, but, like, he's a little bit of a weirdo, like, where... You know, he shoots from the hip. Yeah, he kind of he gets kind of gets loose, a little loosey goosey, with it sometimes. Where you you catch him on the right day, you catch Uncle George in the right day. He's just got like a nice shiny pair of white white on white Nikes. <laughs> you know what I mean? And some real like some jeans that are oh. too light blue. He got a fresh pair of fucking Wranglers or whatever. He's then, got a like a plaid blue plaid. Oh, yeah. it's, and it's up. like real nice. He just had some nice noodles Crisp. and a diet coke. Right, mm. you catch him on that day. He might tell you that his idea for the Star Wars sequels were about the microbiological world within the Force and shit. You know, mm-hmm. or you might talk to him and he says, um, "You know, uh, there's ne- there's never going to be another Star Wars movie. If mm-hmm. you want to see another Star Wars movie, go see Red Tails in the theaters. That's the closest thing you're going to get to a new Star Wars movie." He said that on the Colbert Report when that movie Red Tails was coming out. And he was literally in the process. This was early 12, 2012. He was literally in the process at that point being like, you know, I think I'm going to do the whole Star Wars thing again. Just sell it. I think I'm just going to, I think I'm going to start up the whole thing and then just sell it. I'm tired of it. I wonder if he had something in the works to where he was trying to retain control of something. And then they were just like, no, nah, it's all or nothing. And he was like, fine. I don't it. think so. I don't think so. Like, so I think one of his kids, maybe Jet Lucas, in an interview once said that at one point his dad's idea was to direct episode seven and then hand it off, like, Mm -hmm. and then sell it, like, after episode seven, which, let's be honest here, that shit would have been real weird. (laughs) That would have been real weird if George Lucas... He comes out. There's episode seven. It is 100% George Lucas. Let's let's even imagine hypothetically, it goes into this microbiological world, and then he's like, "Okay, somebody else do the other two. I'm out." And it's not even in like an Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi way. He literally that's one of the ballsiest moves, I think. <laughs> or I don't know if it's balls, but like, can you imagine like setting somebody up with it and being like. You know, all right, who's next? Mm-hmm. Who's yep. next? Yep. Step up. Step up to the plate. That is, that is an alternate universe, a Star Wars alternate universe that I'm dying to see. Is the universe where George Lucas wrote and directed the first movie of the sequel trilogy and then sold to Disney? Like, because imagine... <laughs> and, like, I, I say this as someone who genuinely likes The Phantom Menace and shit, but imagine that that scenario. He brings Star Wars back after damn near 17 years it's the phantom menace it gets the reaction it did and then he's like hey does anybody want to buy this and do the other two (laughs) and like some crazy poor studio buys it you know like i don't know i would say new line but they're not they're not crazy poor anymore i don't think new line does shit anymore bro didn't they go out of business i ain't seen that new line logo in a hot minute I thought they did the Hobbits, but I don't know. Did they do the Hobbits? I feel like the Hobbits was um, uh, 
It was acquired by Turner Broadcast. Why am I looking up the history of New Line Cinema? Give me a fucking little a, a piece of Star Wars, like a weird piece of Star Wars trivia that you enjoy. Well, um, I like the moment in A New Hope where uh, they're they wearing did do the, the Hobbit movies. Okay, go ahead. <clears throat> where they're doing the stormtrooper, where they're dressed up as stormtroopers, and he looks over at Han and he says, "I can't see a thing in this helmet." And I like that that was just Mark Hamill talking to Harrison Ford, that that wasn't planned dialogue. Oh, I, is that true? I didn't even know that if that was true. I believe so. I'll be damned. I, I think that's a fun little moment. <laughs> um, like some of my favorite stuff is like weird. It's not even has to do, it doesn't even have to do with the movies. It has to do with more the, uh, the old Star Wars online community from like the prequel era where people were getting in legitimate fights online on message boards that Darth Sidious and Palpatine were not the same person. There were people that were convinced that it was two different people and Palpatine was going to kill Sidious and become the new Sith Lord after the Phantom Menace. And people were like, guys, it's him. You're you're getting too weird about this. It's just him. I remember that argument, though. I remember that theory that they were two different people. I was like, no, it's obvious. I used to like, go to this, like, like, this primordial fucking movie news website back in the day. I feel like it even predated, like, Ain't It Cool News by a little bit. Yeah. And it was called Corona. <clears throat> and Corona was a white web, like, the the background was white. And there were blue links that were just different movies that were coming out. And you would click on it, and it was just walls of text about rumors about movies and stuff. It's where I had the majority of The Phantom Menace uh, spoiled for me before the movie came out. But oh, in wow. the years leading up to The Phantom Menace, the shit people would, that they would post on there was bananas. Talking about <laughs> how it's going to turn out the Obi-Wan Kenobi is a clone of a Jedi named Ben Kenobi. And that's why he's OB1, old Ben 1. He's the first clone. And I was like, this can't be true. And it was all so fucking crazy that when real shit started coming out, where it's like, by the way, that you know, Liam Neeson's playing a person named Qui-Gon Jinn. And the main bad guy's name is Darth Maul. And uh, there's a character named Jar Jar Binks. I was like, this is fake. This does not sound real. These names are not real Star Wars names. Gotcha. Got him. Ain't it cool news? Got him. Ain't it cool? It ain't cool. That's <laughs> the thing. Cool. It ain't cool. Harry Knowles, I'm sorry. You ain't cool. I am not either, Harry Knowles. But you're fucking, you're a creep, it seems like. Oh, Harry <laughs> Knowles seems like he is a bit of a creep from what I understand. Yikes. Shoo. Shoo. Um, what was... What were we talking about? Favorite little moments in Star Wars? Oh, like little Favorite bits of minor moments. details? Yeah, like the trivia and shit. Um, I don't know, man. Now I'm... Yeah. Um, I always liked, growing up, I always liked the fact that Yoda was 900 years old. That was like a cool thing for me to talk about with my dad, and like, you know, a what if? Can you imagine Do a little cock and duty space? Yeah. 
Yeah. Cock of Duty speculating about Yoda's past and stuff. And all the stuff he might have seen and what he was like when he was young. The very idea that he had been training Jedi for 900 years, you know, was a cool detail. I remember, so, and it's weird because I had definitely seen Return of the Jedi at this point, right? Mm -hmm. I probably had to be like five or six years old. And I remember riding in the car with my dad talking about Star Wars. And uh, I remember him saying, oh, Luke's, Darth Vader's name was Anakin Skywalker. And that blowing my mind, being like, how do you know that? And he's like, they say it in Return of the Jedi. And I was like, no, they don't. I've seen that movie. And I had more than once. And how I didn't pick up on the name drop of Anakin Skywalker, I don't know. But it blew my mind when I was five Mm -hmm. or six. I was like, his name was Anakin. How does my dad know that? Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. And I it, like it really bugged me also when I was a kid that it started at episode four and that the other three weren't out. Like I to the point where I didn't believe my parents when they told me that where I'd be like, well, yeah, we, can, can we watch one through three? This starts at four. And my dad was like, there, there are no other Star Wars movie. There's only these three. And I was like, hmm. Clearly, you're hiding something from me because it's <laughs> called episode four, my dude. They wouldn't make a four. They wouldn't start at four. Um, to me, though, that was a good move because, again, it sparked the imagination for what it could be in those first three chapters. Mm-hmm. Again, another cool no, you know, great. thing to talk about with my dad when I was growing up. And then what the Clone Wars were like. Do you remember my theory? I think it was this was pre-podcast that we would go to the theater to see the new Star Wars movie that was going to be quote unquote episode seven, and we would sit down and it would start off and it would be Star Wars episode ten, and that they would have skipped seven, eight, and nine, and started with ten and would go back and fill it in later. I remember this now that you mentioned it. I, I wouldn't like, have unless you had run it up. I was like, that's my theory. I can have a fucking dumb theory too. Ever nobody's fucking exempt from it you know what i mean it happens to us all because it wasn't true i don't know it makes it dumb i kind of like it well let's hear from jim (laughs) good evening halls and will Ooh, smooth uh one of my favorite times ever showing star wars to somebody was showing it to my mother uh it was a new hope and at the end when r2 got you know shot uh she gasped and I just thought it was so cool. Uh, I don't know what tickled me about it, but it was probably one of my favorite moments of ever showing somebody Star Wars. And I wanted to know what are some of the ones that stick out to you or what what's uh, what's one of your favorites? All right, guys. Ignite the green. Um, I don't know. Um, I'm going to say, unfortunately, I don't really have any of those moments like, my mom never really got into Star Wars. and So I definitely know. have moments. So I remember like going to see The Phantom Menace with my dad mm-hmm. when it first came out and being really excited to be like sitting there watching a new Star Wars and like remember like being kind of stoked that he was laughing at Jar Jar and shit. Like my dad seemed like he was having a good time. I remember there was a moment when... um 
me and my dad and my mom went to see The Force Awakens and, you know, the moment with Han Solo was about to happen. Mm-hmm. And my mom, pretty loudly, not, you know, disturbingly loudly in the theater, starts going, no, nope, no, nope, 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> she could see it coming. <laughs> yeah, she was not. She was like, uh-uh, uh-uh. Um, oh, okay, so I hung out with my goddaughter Taylor today, Will. You know mm-hmm. Taylor. Yeah. You know, she started college, which makes me feel oh quite old. Oh, my goodness. And so, like, makes me feel old as dirt. Yeah. And she's like, you know, getting to know new people. And, you know, it's her first time, you know, living outside of home. So mm-hmm. I went and hung out with her. We went to dinner and stuff and just hung out. And, like, Taylor is, she's a walking meme, my dude. She's got references. She is obsessed with Avatar. And I don't mean the last airbender, I mean James Cameron's Avatar. And she was oh my like, goodness. it started off as ironic. And then I decided that I really do like it um, <laughs> and stuff like that. And like just driving around with her, like was a flashback where I was like, oh, this is probably what it was like for my cousin, Brooke, when I was a teenager riding around in the car with her and I'm just babbling about the Star Wars prequels nonstop. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. so I totally get this now. And like, so she's. Taylor's real funny and once when she was a kid this does circle back around to Jim's uh, question I went to uh, babysit her and her sister while Brooke and Keith and my uncle went and did stuff right Mm -hmm. I can't remember even what they were doing but basically I was just hanging out at my uncle Dennis's house with Taylor and her sister and I was like you know what I'm going to bring over the Phantom Menace and we'll show it to them they were pretty young and we're sitting there, and I'm trying to get them to watch The Phantom Menace. I figure, like, oh, this is a good one to start with, like, younger kids. And I don't know, how, like, 15 minutes, 20 minutes in, not long in, Taylor looks over at me, and she goes, hey, no offense, Uncle Halls, this movie is not good. <laughs> and I was like, all right, we will watch something else. <laughs> and, like, I'm saying she was young. She was, like, maybe six years old at that point or something. Yeah. So... Showing someone Star Wars doesn't always go well. Yeah, I haven't been able to make it through uh, with my kid. I keep starting a new hope, and he makes it. Um, you know, he doesn't. He doesn't even make it. He makes it to the scene where Luke and Obi Wan sit down in Obi Wan's pad. Oh, really? And he's like, I'm bored of this, and I was like, Oh, buddy, you haven't even made it to any of the good parts. <sighs> Um, it's you know he's five he'll, he's almost he'll six, get there so one day I'm, you know what i mean i'm just he i will say this who chewbacca is and who darth vader is and he knows who like, boba fett is he knows who boba fett is you know i just i can't get there yet i guess the other day the other night will's son woke up while we were playing Fortnite, and so like we played one more game and will's like hey i'm gonna i'm gonna get him back to bed and i was like cool and i could hear liam talking he's like daddy don't they have star wars skins in Fortnite?" and he was like, they do. He was like, Uncle Halls has a Boba Fett. So I put my Boba Fett skin on and I hit the button that makes you do like one of the Fortnite dances. And Liam mm-hmm. said one of the most adorable fucking things I've ever heard in my life. He goes, oh, wow, daddy. Boba Fett's got some good moves. Mm-hmm. He did. It, he made did me, it made me smile so much. I was like, what a sweet kid. Yeah, yes, Boba he's Fett's a really some- good kid. All right, let's hear a voicemail from our boy, Mr. 100. Kobe. Kobe. 
Hey, awesome Will, it's your boy Kobe, a.k.a. Mr. 100. How's it hanging? Hopefully you're keeping that shit clean. Are you, you know, keeping that shit clean? Yeah, you, know, I'm keeping that yeah. you know, I don't really have a whole lot to talk about this week. Not going to lie. So I'm just going to hand off the phone to one of my good friends here. Uh, I think you're going to like him. Oh, I think bit incoming. Bit alarm. Hey, holes and wheel. It's Desmond. From the critically acclaimed show Lost. Oh my god. Desmond Hume here. How we doing? I'm doing pretty good myself, brother. Anyway, I had a couple questions I wanted to ask you. Me and Penny are big fans of the show. And I wanted to hop on and ask a couple questions. My first question is for both of you. I got questions. What's your favorite episode of Lost? If you can remember way back. My second question, the most important one, is if you could take all the actors from Lost mm-hmm. and put them in to a Star Wars show, what would it be about, brother? I have a couple of ideas myself, but I'd love to hear what you think. Anyway, like I said, me and Penny are big fans of the show, and Charlie too. Hopefully you guys keep cranking out the great episodes. <laughs> we love listening to them on Friday nights. Gets a little lonely up here on this boat. Oh. Anyway, have a good one. Peace out, brother. When he said have this a good one. Classic. When he said have a good one at the end, it sounded kind of like Korg from the Thor movies. <laughs> Taika Waititi's character. Yeah. Yeah. Desmond, thank you for calling in, buddy. Big fan. Thanks, Desmond. Not, you know, you know what I mean? The constant is one of my favorite episodes of Lost. That's a big time uh, Desmond episode. The Walkabout. Come on. Come on. Of right. course, that's going to be a big one for me. I legitimately like the ending, too. The last episode leaves me in a fucking puddle, dude. It still affects me. I am very affected by that last episode of Lost. It's a t- it's like it's it's a good watch for me, but it's also a tough watch. Um, so I have not shared this on the show yet because, uh, it, uh, it has a bit of an effect on me, but some friends got me a cameo from Terry O'Quinn, uh, within the last couple of months. And, uh, your boy Hall's kind of had a bit of a, oh my God, Walter, bro. Hold on. Walter's about to destroy the display. Walter. Uh-oh. Don't do it, Walter. For your own good, don't do it. Come here. You got to get down from there. Bro, you can't break in. You're breaking and entering, bro. That's his specialty, the old B&E. I am so sorry. No, dude, it's all good. Go, I had to get him out of the room. He was about to pull down the whole damn shelf. Oh my goodness. Um, 
kind of support. And I wish I could be in Star Wars. But so far they haven't called me. <laughs> I know you, I know you, uh, you said you wanted to see me in Star I think that's wonderful to hear, but hey, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm, that isn't in my future yet. Who knows? Never say never. And don't tell me what I can't do. Hawes says I can be in Star Wars. I can be in Star Wars. End of story. All right, man. You hang in. Rough times come and go. And they. What a delightful man, Terry O'Quinn. Dude, what a cool dude. (sighs) What a dude. He's such a good guy. I wish he could be in Star Wars. Yeah. Anytime they need somebody, they need to consider him. Yeah, man. Uh,. So the constant, the walkabout, um, I don't know. I have a lot of, it's, it's easier for me to talk about episodes of Lost I don't like than it is to talk about favorite ones because I like so much of the, the series. Mm. I'm unashamed, un, un, I'm not ashamed to be a massive Lost fan to this day. The, um, to me, the setup and reveal of Desmond pushing the button in the underground bunker, um, kind of had a weird anticlimactic payoff at the moment. Like it's what set up, you know, the dilemma for the rest of the seasons and the time slip and all that, but kind of at the moment, right. You know, Mm -hmm. and then, and then everybody and their mom came down there. Like it was the place to do laundry or some shit. So it wasn't special anymore, but the setup, um, I just remember that little brief window, of what the fuck Dude. is going on down there? But like, you can't deny the, the hatch. End, you know, the end of season two, like when Ben shows up saying he's Henry Gale and he crashed on his on the island in a hot air balloon, and they don't believe him, and they're interrogating him, and the way that it goes like back and forth, like tricking you to think and he's a liar or he's telling the truth, and the way they execute that episode where he he draws the map to where his hot air balloon was. And they're going out there and they find the hot air balloon and you're like, oh shit, he's telling the truth. And then it turns out he's not. That is real good. That's real good. And I will admit the last episode as well. You know, Jack's recognition that he's not, you know, meant to be the keeper of the island for long. You know, like the fact that Hurley is, you know, like... it bums me out that Matthew Fox is seemingly such a fucking tool because that moment when like his, the whole character arc in that last episode, especially when he walks up to the bad guy and he's like, no, I know where you want to go. You want to go to the light at the middle of the Island. And he's like, and I'm going to take you there. And when you get there, I'm going to kill you. I was like, Oh shit. Let's, uh, Let's read a uh, email from our buddy Richard Howard. He says, Halls and Will, I wanted to say how much I loved to hear you mention the Lord of Rings. There's a small bit of canon to support your mention of the dwarf and the elf. Turns out once the War of the Ring ended at the fourth age of Middle Earth began, Aragorn takes the throne, Bilbo and Frodo go to the west, etc. Legolas and Gimli strike out for four years, each taking the other to the places in Middle Earth they cherished the most. Legolas took Gimli to Fangorn, and Gimli took Legolas to Moria. 
The friendship forged at the end of the third age not only lasted for their lifetimes, but healed all but incurable hurts done to each race by the others in ages past, as told in the Similarian. I too would love to see their adventures and all the cool ass shit they would get up to. Peace and love to you and Will. Sure, The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings are cherished by all Tolkien fans, but The Similarian is the real deal, among with dozen or so published works from Christopher Tolkien, J.R.R.'s son. Thanks and regards, Richard Howard. I knew that. I knew that about Gimli and Legolas. I love that little detail. I do believe there was something, like Gimli was so fascinated with Helm's Deep that he came back there and built something or did something, some wonder. I can't remember. Um, and that was something he showed Legolas as well, I believe. So, you know, I've read The Hobbit. I've read The Lord of, Lord of the Rings more than once. I've, I have read a lot of The Similarian. It's a tough one for me. It is very it's, interesting, but it is very like, it's like reading like a, a, a textbook. You know? I was about to say, it's like reading a mythology textbook. It's very it's cool, a, but it's it's just personally, remember, it's it's a bit of a struggle for me in moments. But it's very. It's cool. like reading my Greek and Roman mythology textbook in college. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so academic. It's, it's but it was good. It's contained lots of information. It does. It does. It is like the ultimate source book. In a lot of ways, I'm the interested Hobbit in that really fucking show, man. Me. I know, uh, the Hobbit had a huge influence on me as a book. Oh yeah, when I was sure. growing up as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited for that show. I'm excited for the Lord of the Rings show. I watched the first episode of the new Game of Thrones uh, show today. Thought it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Fucking a little like, and not that Game of Thrones wasn't violent or gory, but this one seemed like it kind of took it up a notch in some moments where I was like, whoa. I, I was gonna ask you that. I was I gonna know. ask you if the rest of Game of Thrones was that gory or yeah, if they're I mean, just it trying to bust in with a bang. It definitely had its moments, but something about it feel, felt cranked up a little higher than normal. I don't know. You know, I'd say, you know, I guess I saw an episode of Game of Thrones with you guys uh, when it was this airing. dude, yeah, yeah, when this dude like sacrificed his daughter. Unlike uh oh man, that's later in the show too. That's a yeah. rough one. Yeah, I was like, whoa, that is intense. So that's a hard bar to compete with. But they, I mean, they certainly try. It's there is it's rough. There is a scene in there that is heart wrenching and brutal. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about the same thing. I was like, I don't want to see this. this. I don't. I don't. I don't want to see this. Yeah, yeah. There's a yeah. The, it, it's palpable. Like yeah. as you're watching it, and you're like, uh, no, no. no uh, I kind of want to skip this. Where's the fast forward thirty seconds, bud? Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, thanks for recording with me this week. Yeah, man. Me um, too. Thank you for having really- me on. They really got to fucking get Andor out to us sooner. I ha- I like I need I need some help. <laughs> got, no man, shit is weird, bro. Um, weird times abound. You're not lying. So, buddy, uh, listen, I'm gonna tell these folks right now. They should uh, give us a review on iTunes. It helps other people find us. Thanks for everybody that has. We appreciate you. You should check out Stoned Cobra. If you like our theme song, they're the band that was kind enough to provide the music. 
find them on iTunes, on Spotify, or at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. Oh, you should listen to the High Potion podcast with me and Steve because we had Team uh, King Tom on as a guest this week, and it was fucking delightful. Go figure. Ew. He's a delightful person. Talking about Sierra Games, it was. I think it was pretty good. I, I, I I'm hard on myself, but I think I think it was pretty good. Check it Dude, out. Dude, you and Steve, that's a dynamic duo. Yeah, and sometimes one half of that duo, in this case me, goes off the reservation a little bit on an episode, and things get weird. I'm telling you that High Potion that's coming out Monday is weird. I can't even remember most of it, because I went into some kind of bit coma. Or I got possessed by the dark side of the bit. My eyes changed color <laughs> like at the end of Revenge of the Sith. They were like hot lava. Hot lava. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. May the force be. This has been Blue Hearts. I'm Hall's Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. <laughs> May the force be with you. May the force be with all of you. Hall's included. I need it, buddy. You know I keep it clean. May the force be with us.